following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. We've got a special gift for all the fathers and all the males, 18 and over. And it's a really nice pen. And on the pen, it's got male by birth, man by choice. And, and so this morning, my Father's Day message is on that theme, male by birth, man by choice. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, and uh, this morning, I, I want to share with you a message that I really believe can absolutely revolutionize men's lives and revolutionize families. And I only wish that someone had preached this message to me when I was sort of growing up because it can literally change a destiny and change the way that life is done in society. So this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child... But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I I really believe that every single boy is born with the potential of greatness. I really believe that within every single boy is the potential of a mighty man. But in order for him to become great, he must put away childish things. And there's a development. Now, when, when a child is a child, you expect the child to be childish. And You, you know, I, I made it a principle never to discipline my children when they were children for being childish. But you get to a stage where one must put away childish things and start doing things that are different. And so... To put away childish things, a decision needs to be made. And that's why when we put this pen together, we put on it male by birth, man by choice. Because when a boy is born, God determines whether it's going to be a male. But that boy has got to make a choice whether he turns from a boy into a man. And the only way that he can do that is to make right choices. And the development of a man is through choices where a young man starts to reject passivity and embrace responsibility. I really believe that one of the greatest gifts we can give our youth is the gift of responsibility. Matter of fact, I believe that one of the greatest things we can give children is the gift of responsibility i i just you know i was watching mark this morning leading praise and worship and uh his little boy wanted to come up on stage to help his dad lead praise and worship i was watching that Mum quickly stopped him and said whoa hang on here but there is something about little boys that just want to do what their dads do i can remember when i was four years of age and dad was painting the house I needed to help my dad paint the house. I just needed to, I, I, 
it was really, really important for me to help my dad paint the house. And so they put me into a corner with a paintbrush and some paint, and I just went hammer and tongs. You know, I don't know what sort of masterpiece I created, but it was really, really, really important for me to help my dad. And I really believe that every boy has within him this desire to become responsible. And what's important for us is that we nurture that thing within a boy that says, I want to help. I want to help wash the car. I want to help mow the lawns. I want to help do, do, do something. But I, I want to start being responsible when you help me. And too often than not, what some people do is that they suppress that and say, oh, because you can't do it perfectly, we won't give you a go. And I think that's one of the worst things we can do for a little boy, not give him a go when he's wanting a go. Reject passivity and embrace responsibility is the key towards a boy becoming a man. And so today, I'm going to share this message called The Four Faces of a Man. It's the four personas. It's the four expressions of manhood. I'm going to give credit to an author called Robert Lewis that set me on this path of discovery. So I'm not saying that this is an original thought. I'm giving credit to where it's come from. Robert Lewis, if you want to Google Robert Lewis and read some of his stuff, it is absolutely brilliant stuff. But this morning, I want to talk about the development of a boy into a man and the four personas, the four noble characters, the no four faces that needs to be developed so that, so that a boy can become a man. Now, when I will be speaking this message, some of you will sit there and say, the men around me weren't like this. My problem is that I can't change the past. But what I'm aiming to do is change the future. And I'm praying to God that um, through this message, just the men and the boys and the young men in this church will catch a vision of what's possible and pursue it. And the women of this church will catch a vision that they can actually input into the young men and the young boys in their lives and see them develop and become the men that God wants them to be. The first persona, the first face of a man is the face of the benevolent king. And in, and in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible tells us that he has made us to be kings and priests unto God. And so I really believe that within every single one of us, there's locked up the potential of being a benevolent, benevolent king. Now what I mean by benevolent king is a leader. What I mean by benevolent king is this persona that reflects leadership with strong convictions and godly moral choices. See, I, I really believe that God has locked within every man the potential of leadership, the potential to lead their families, to lead society. Now, it's not that we don't want the women to lead. Of course we want them to lead, but not at the cost of a man being suppressed in his leadership. We want everyone to be able to lead. Everyone to be able to make strong decisions and moral choices. But there is something powerful when men rise up to be benevolent leaders. 
There is something powerful when they have strong conviction and godly moral choices. There is something powerful when a man understands that to become a servant leader is one of the greatest choices that he can make. And that leadership is not something that gives you control and domination over people, but leadership gives you care and responsibility for people. And what a big difference it is to be a benevolent leader rather than a malevolent leader. Let me tell you, everybody rises up and blesses benevolence. Everyone rises up and blesses people who bless people who lead out of strong moral character, out of wisdom and integrity. Now, I really believe that locked within the man is this potential to be a benevolent king. And so every boy has the, bene- has the potential of becoming like this if he's nurtured, if it's modeled to him, and he's encouraged to embrace responsibility. Can I just say to you mums that one of the worst things you can do to your sons when they start to become young men is to mollycoddle them. When they're a little kid, it's okay. You can mollycoddle your you know, little babies. But as soon as they start to become young men, give them responsibility. Worst thing you can do is just do everything for them. Oh, but it's my baby. I've got to do everything for him. He's 35. He's not a baby anymore. Leave him alone. Let him grow up. Come on. Oh, but I need it. No, no. This is about your needs, not his needs. And this is about you changing something where you just, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I, the fact is there are so many societies around. And I know that there are some Asian societies where the little kids are treated like little emperors until they get to a certain age. And they get everything they want. They cry and mum's there, oh, whatever, and put food in their mouth. Then they get to a particular age and it was, it's like the world changes. And uh, whenever they cry, they get hit harder now. It's like, no, you, we, from this day, I mean, what a shock when that day arrives for that little kid. Uh, from when, whenever he opens his mouth to cry, food runs in, to the next day he opens his mouth to cry and he gets something to cry for now. Uh, you know, you know, I'll give you something to cry about. I mean, that, that's an extreme where you go from one day to the next. But I, I'm just saying that there's got to be an understanding that, that we're here to develop a society of kings and you'll never develop a society of kings if they get mollycoddled. And so be careful that you don't mollycoddle your kids too much and suppress the development in becoming strong leaders. Now, let me just say what happens if this face of the benevolent king doesn't get developed. If the face of the benevolent king doesn't get developed in a young man, then he will either become a tyrant, that's if he's got... A, an aggressive personality, then, then rather than becoming a benevolent king, he becomes a tyrant. So he might get the responsibility of leadership, but he hasn't developed benevolence. 
And so he becomes aggressive. He becomes a dictator. He uses power for his own means and own ends. He becomes overbearing. And how many of you have seen men who were tyrants? They've been given responsibility, but with responsibility not being developed properly, the boyhoodness where wisdom is lacking and and care is lacking and responsibility is lacking and godly moral choices are lacking, he becomes, whoa, I got power now. Let me use my power. And over the years, we've seen tyrants and dictators rise up all over the world they've been given responsibility without the development of their godly character and all they've become are tyrants on the flip side of the coin if his personality is not an aggressive personality what he'll become if he's passive is a procrastinator so he gets leadership now but 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 he just can't make a decision and so he procrastinates and you're knocking at his door all the time. We need a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get round to it. When I get round to it. This door needs to get fixed. When I get round to it. The garden needs to be done. When I get round to it. The, more, the lawns need to be made. When I get round to it. And there's, there's always this, this procrastination because he just doesn't know what to do with responsibility. And it's an underdeveloped persona that takes place because no one's taken the time to nurture and role model and help the young man become a leader of substance. Let me tell you the second phase. And I need to get through this very quickly. You getting something out of this? I'm trying to give you some overview of, of, of what is possible. And those of you that have got little boys growing up, what a great message for you to understand this. The second face of a man is the face of the courageous warrior. I love this. Benevolent king, now courageous warrior. John chapter 15, 13 is the key scripture for this, where it says, Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down one's life for his friend. What does the warrior's face reflect? The warrior's face reflects protection and provision. Where a man becomes a protector of his family, a protector of society, a protector of the weak and the vulnerable. Beyond protector, he's also a provider, where he provides substance and he provides food and shelter and clothing and and all the important things that a man needs to provide in order to give him a sense of purpose. He perseveres and sacrifices and doesn't give up until the job is done. And this is the courageous warrior. And I really believe that this is the face that comes most naturally to most men right across the world. Most men get their significance out of being able to provide and protect. And maybe you, you have a father from, you know, and, and, and maybe your father was not a benevolent king, but he was certainly a courageous warrior. He provided for you. He wasn't able to do much more, but at least he provided for you. Because a lot of men get their satisfaction in, in providing and way be, way be tight anybody that tried to touch you. You know, dad would get there and he'd protect and, and, and that was important for him to do that. And I think it's a wonderful thing to help little boys understand that when they grow up, they need to be courageous warriors. And, and let me tell you, we are one of the first generations that's ever lived that has not known war. 
I mean, you think about it. For generations, they grew up with war. When we, when we think about two, three, four hundred years ago, every town had, had, had walls built around them. How many of you came from a European town where you had walls and you had moats? Why is that? Because everybody wanted what you had. And so you had to protect what was your own because there was someone out there that was malevolent that wanted to take. And so protection was part of the deal. And so young men grew up to go to war. And even when I was a kid growing up, we had national service in Australia. How many of you remember the days of national service? And let me tell you, everyone that I've spoken to of the older generation reckons this, that when a young man went to national service, that's when the man was made out of him. Something happened to him. Why? Because he accepted responsibility. He accepted that he was no longer a boy. He accepted that, that no longer through life do people provide and protect me. Now it's time for me to contribute and I become a protector and a provider for others. And as soon as a young man understands that, he takes on the courageous warrior's face and he becomes incredibly attractive. To society but if undeveloped if this if this part of his persona is undeveloped then rather than becoming a courageous warrior what you get is again if he has an aggressive personality you get an abuser and what I mean by an abuser is someone that sees people as there to serve him he uses people and so 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 people are there to give me what I want. And if you've got what I want, then I'll take it from you, an abuser. Or if he's got, rather than aggressive personality, a passive personality, he switches on the other side and becomes a wimp. Where there's, there's, there's no standing up for yourself. There's, there's, there's full of fear and runs away and won't accept responsibility. And nobody wants to raise up a young man that becomes a wimp. But they do become wimps when they don't develop this part of their personality, which is to become an aggr- a, a courageous warrior. Not an aggressive person, but a courageous person with courage to provide and protect, to persevere and to sacrifice. There's something powerful about a man who is a courageous warrior. Let me tell you the third persona. What was the first one? The benevolent king. Second one, the courageous warrior. The third persona that's so important to see in young men, see the development, is the nurturing lover. Let me explain this. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 28 to 29 says, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife um, loves himself, and no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. What I want to focus on is this, loving your wives and then nourishing and cherishing. The whole nourishing and cherishing. How many of you have ever seen Anne Getty's photographs? I love Anne Getty's photographs, but I especially love the photographs where you've got some big, strong, muscly bloke and he's holding a brand new baby in his hands. How many of you have seen photos like that? Because that's exactly what I'm talking about. There is something powerful about a nurturing lover. The lover's face 
reflects tenderness and sensitivity. When someone is strong and muscular, but yet can be tender and sensitive, there's something powerful about that. To be able to encourage and nurture is something that the world longs for. To be able to hear words from a strong man who's a courageous warrior, but yet is able to open his mouth and out of his mouth comes words of tenderness and words of encouragement and words that build up and words that create intimacy and sensitivity is incredibly powerful and incredibly attractive. And what's sad for a lot of men is that they've never been modeled. It's never been modeled to them that they can be a courageous warrior on one hand and a nurturing lover on the other. It's almost one counteracts the other. How can I be a courageous warrior and a nurturing lover? No, no, if you're a wimp, you're a nurturing lover. But I want to say that it takes a courageous warrior to be a true nurturing lover. And when you're a courageous warrior, it makes your nurturing, loving side even more powerful. Because let me tell you, the Anne Giddy's photos, notice that never once does she have some, you know, chicken-legged, skinny. I just can't wait the chicken legs to look like chook legs. I'm, ha- I- I'm hanging out for them. Just keep them covered, mate. It's bad enough you're exposing your guns to everybody. huh? It's bad enough you're getting a short sleeve shirt that's too tight so that. (laughs) My my shirts are too tight around here. (laughs) Little. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Just keep those legs covered, mate. That's all I can say. Love it. (laughs) Just love it. If you, if, you grab, if you grab Chris by the arm, what you notice is that there's just a natural tendency to flex those muscles. I love it. Huh? I just love it. Don't you love Chris? He's awesome. Courageous warrior. And then you add to that nurturing lover where there's intimacy and connectedness and encouragement and tenderness and sensitivity. My goodness. Young men, can I tell you that that's every woman's dream for a man? <laughs> huh? I'll say it again. It's every woman's dream to have a benevolent king that's also a courageous warrior, that's also a nurturing lover, and to have those in strength and in power is wonderful. But if the young man doesn't develop the nurturing lover side of him. This is what happens to him. He becomes a critic if he's aggressive. Rather than having words that build up, his words tear down, they pull down, they're negative. And what's sad to say is that a lot of you, a lot of you over the years have been exposed to men, rather than being nurturing lovers, they're critics. And you can never do anything right. And every time they open their mouth, you think, oh, what's coming next? And it's to pull down. It's just to, you're never good enough. And you're never pretty enough. And you're never this enough. And you can never do it right. And you always got to do it wrong. And, and what a horrible way to go through life living under the domination of a critic. But how beautiful it is to do life under the nurture of a lover that says, 
Wow, that's awesome, sweetheart. Did you draw that? Wow, you're the best artist. I, I, I put on that beautiful Father's Day clip to show you what genuine fatherhood's about. And genuine fatherhood is, you know what? I can make you beat me in this game. I don't have to win all the time. I mean, there's a commercial clip one. I don't, it was a few years back where they're playing cricket. And rather than dad, you know, getting out, he's hitting the ball like he's playing for Australia. And kids are ducking for cover, you know, because he's hitting the ball. He's taking heads off. And, and, and that's what, you know what that's all about? That's a, all about a man who's insecure. Because if you're secure, you're happy to let the kids win. You don't have to be incredibly secure to let the kids win anyway. Huh? So when we, downstairs, this is a soccer machine today. And I'm going to watch some of you fathers. And if you're slam dunking your kids out of the ballpark, I'm going to come and flick you on the back of the head and say, nurturing lover, where is that? You know, <laughs> let them win. It's okay. You're not going to die if your kid wins. But you know what? He's going to feel like a champion. I beat my dad. I'm pretty good. I beat my dad. He's pretty good. He, yeah, he's pretty good. Wonderful. See, I used to arm wrestle my kids. And it was really easy to let them win. I don't do it anymore because there's no matter. Now it's not about letting them win. They're going to win anyway. You know? There's no letting them any longer. You know, they slammed up. Bang. Oh, there goes my arm. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. And so if underdeveloped, rather than becoming a nurturing lover, if he's got an aggressive personality, he'll be a critic. If he's got a passive personality, he'll become emotionally withdrawn. And it's really sad to see men that are locked up emotionally. You know, really locked up. They can't say, I love you. They can't embrace anyone. It's the, how are you going? Stiff arm, you know, well, don't, don't, don't come into my comfort zone. It's, you know, I'm, and that whole withdrawn, it's, it's just so gut-wrenching for the people around you that just need you to nurture them. The emotionally locked up can't hug, can't be romantic, can't talk, can't open up. And there are so many men that can't open up. You know, one of the most important things for a man is to have a friend that he can open up with. And what we've got is a lot of, in Australia over the last few years, we've had a lot of farmers just emotionally locked up, not being able to express their emotions. And I don't know how many times it's been Go to the back paddock to fix the fences, love. Mightn't be back for a while. They go to the back fence, paddock to fix up the fence and never come back. And I just get so grieved over that, just so grieved that they're emotionally locked up when there are people that can help, there are people that can nurture, there are people that can love. But, but you just got to just lift up your hand and say, can someone talk to me? Can someone communicate? Can I, can I get it out? Because let me tell you, if you're going through stuff and you lock it in and you suppress it, it's going to come out somewhere. You can't lock up your emotions and them not negatively affect you. But you know what? This, this, this message is about us building community where, where we're helping each other. It's not about us all being perfect. And it's not about me having every single one of these qualities in my life at 100%. When I'm studying this, I'm saying, wow, I, I just want to be better at that. 
I want to be better at being a benevolent king. I want to be better at being a courageous warrior. I want to be better about being a nurturing lover. And I certainly don't want to be emotionally withdrawn. I certainly don't want to be a critic. I certainly don't want to be a wimp. I certainly don't want to be an abuser. I certainly don't want to be a procrastinator. And I certainly don't want to be a tyrant. I want to avoid those things. And I want to chase after being the benevolent king, the courageous warrior, and the nurturing lover. And the fourth face of a man, and I'm nearly through this morning. I told you we're going to finish early. Is the face of a faithful friend. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wow, what a friend is that? The one that sticks closer than a brother. The friend's face reflects loyalty, commitment, and fun. Those beautiful things, loyalty, commitment, fun. To hang out with a friend is a fun thing to do. It's great. You, you do life, you enjoy life, but you're able to talk. To be a friend requires a lot of giving. To be a friend requires being real. It's not about, see, friendliness is not just about, see, I, I've, got a, I've, I've got friends that phone me up whenever they need things. And so whenever I get a call from a particular person, I'm thinking, okay, what does he want? Now, I'm, as a pastor, I, I'm, I'm here to minister to people. So I'm not talking about people in this congregation. I'm talking about people outside of this congregation that are supposed to be my friends. But I just know that, that there are certain people that whenever they ring, it's always they're wanting something. So I'm, I'm hey, John, how are you going? Rah, rah, rah. You know, the, you've got the small talk and, and I'm waiting for it at the other end. Oh, so-and-so's wrong. He's wanting something. What a tragic thing to have a friend that only time he rings is to want something. What about to have a friend say, hey, just thinking of you. Do you want to do this? Do you want to go out? Do you want to, you know, this, that, and the other, coffee, dinner, you know, a, a run, a surf, a, a swim, a ride on the motorbike, a ride in the convertible, whatever, you know, just fun stuff. No agenda, just to hang out. So important. Can I just say that, that, that sometimes in church community we can get so spiritual that we miss out on genuine friendships? I heard one guy say to me, say, hey, John, I had more friends before I was saved now that I'm saved. I used to go to the pub and have a few beers with a few blokes and we talk. But now we're not allowed to drink beer. Hey, we're not under law, we're under grace. We choose not to be drunk. We choose not to lose our senses. We choose stuff like that. But hey, you're not under law. You know, you make choices that are godly. So just live under law, not under, live under grace. Don't live under law. Live under making right choices, not under, oh, I can't do this anymore. What is that? And, and let me just say to you, whatever you do, don't lose your friends from the pub if you can influence them properly. Why would you, why would you cut them off? They're just trying to be decent blokes. They don't know any better than what they do. But if, if you're saved, don't cut them off. Influence them in a, in, in a positive, godly way. I just, 
I just hate religiosity where we become so spiritual that we lose connection with people. It's just, it's wrong. It's not right at all. Oh, they're not as holy as we are. That's just legalism. You know, if, if, if you're holy, then you can go anywhere as Jesus did. Making right, he was called a friend of publicans and sinners. A friend. Why? Because he was there for them. He was there to give to them. That's what a faithful friend is. Someone, someone that's willing to give. But you know what? You have to reciprocate by you willing to give as well. And so it's so important for you as a parent to make sure that your kids nurture friendships. And you know what will happen inadvertently with your kids? They'll have an argument with their friend. Girls do this all the time. And so do boys. But I don't know. My sister used to always fight with her friends. And, um, and, and so it's really important that as parents, we encourage them to fix up relationships. Whatever you do, don't encourage them to stay fighting. But encourage them to make sure that they fix up relationships. Why? Because you don't go through life with disposable friendships. Friendships should never be like nappies where you throw them away. Friendships are valuable and you nurture them and you fix them up when things go wrong. And inevitably they do. But what it does, it gives you strength of character because the adjective to describe friend is faithful. Faithful friend, one that sticks closer than a brother. And in life, let me tell you, all sorts of stuff comes your way. All sorts of stuff will hit you from left field, from right field. But that's when you know who your true friends are. Who are the ones that stick close through thick and thin? Let me tell you, you know, Anzac Day is an incredible day for Australia. Why is that? Because the diggers might not have seen their digger friends since the previous year. But what they remember is, he went to war with me. We were in the trenches together. He defended me. He stuck with me. And I'll never, ever forget that. Friends, it's not just bullets that's got to be flying over our heads. Because we're in warfare all the time. To be able to phone someone up, thinking about you, praying for you. You are on my heart. And just being like that, what an incredible, what an incredible character that is but if undeveloped if that friendship undevelops then that boy rather than becoming a faithful friend will become an egotist and an egotist is someone that's i'm the center of the universe friendships are there to be used and if you can help me advance in life then you're my best friend but once you stop being useful i'll just step over the top of you and look for someone else that can help me to get to the next notch And so friends and people are there to be used rather than being committed to them and faithful to them and 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 honest to them. What an incredible thing. That's so so the egotists are those with the aggressive personalities. But those that don't have an aggressive personality, they become loners. And how sad it is to see men that don't have any friends. How sad it is to have friends, to have men that when you say to them, hey, why don't you give your friend a call? You're going through some stuff. And 
And the response is, I don't know who to call. How sad is that? Can we as a community make sure that within our community we don't have men that are like that, that don't have any friends? Can we, can we as a community make sure that when we have conversations it's not just superficial? Hello, how are you? How's the weather? You know, yeah, spring's in the air, it's beautiful, but go a little bit deeper. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you really? Just add that word really at the end of it and you go down a couple of notches. And then listen. You know, you don't get to say to someone, hey, how you going? Hey, good to see you. How you going, really? As if body language, 90% of communication is body language. But make sure that you're there. And as a community, if we can be there for each other and, and encourage genuine friendships, then we become a very powerful community. Let me finish by, by just being practical here. I really believe that every single man... Every single young man, every single boy needs to get a vision. And the vision is, I want to be a benevolent king. I want to be a courageous warrior. I want to be a nurturing lover. And I want to be a faithful friend. Get a vision of that and say, that's my vision. Benevolent king, courageous warrior, nurturing lover, faithful friend. And then can I just say to you that... that, that as we get together with that vision for every single man in this house, then can we be good friends to encourage that? Be good friends and, and talk about the journey, our journey of becoming benevolent kings and our journey of becoming courageous warriors, our journey of becoming nurturing lovers, our journey of becoming faithful friends. And in that journey, encourage each other. And can I just say to every single man, you need to reject passivity and embrace responsibility if you want to go there. Because if you embrace passivity, you will stay the way that you are. No change happens while you embrace passivity. And, and it's easy just to stay there. It's easy to be what you are. It's easy to stay in your little world and little context. But you won't become the man that God wants you to be until you start to embrace responsibility, start to make godly choices. That little pen that I gave you today has got these two, these just two thoughts. You're, you're male by birth, but you're a man by choice. Are you making the right choices? Can we help you make the right choices? If you can't make them, can you surround yourself by people that can help you make the right choices and nurture you along the way so that we can become a community of strong and vibrant men for the glory of God? And once that begins to happen, then we become a community that's filled with men who are kings, warriors, lovers, and friends. And when that happens... What a joyous community we have for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 